1: Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm glad that you've decided to join us uh, to talk about gardening on this Saturday morning, the second Saturday of the new year. So I hope your first week of the year went swell, and hopefully you had some time to get out in the landscape, maybe plant some new things or mulch some things, Pull some weeds, doesn't matter if it's summer or wintertime, there's always weeds to pull. Uh, but t- t- today we're, g- we're going to talk about uh, something we haven't really talked about. You know, we have talked extensively about planting new plants. And usually we're talking about plants that we have purchased from the garden centers, the nurseries. Maybe you've done some online ordering. And we talked about ways to put these new plants into the ground. But sometimes in the landscape, you want to transplant something. Transplant just means uh, move it, planting in a different place. So, you know, maybe you planted a tree or a shrub or even some perennials. And they're just not working where they are. Perhaps a, a shrub has gotten too large. You don't want to throw it out or cut it down completely. But you'd like to give it a chance at growing, but growing in a different place. Maybe you found that some of the things you planted, uh, it was too shady. They need to be planted in the sun, transplanted into more sunny sites. There's a lot of reasons why we would transplant plants in the landscape. And I... Uh, Well, this week, a a client of mine at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week, uh, she had approached me about transplanting. And I thought, well, you know, this is the ideal time to transplant. And so why don't we have a discussion today about the best way to move a plant from its existing location into a new place to make sure that the transplant takes and we reduce the amount of stress that the plant would have. So, if you're looking to uh, plant new plants, uh, you may check out NewSouthernGarden.com because we've got good information there and past shows that are banked away online uh, for you to listen on demand whenever you like. You can find the details of planting new plants. But today is going to be about transplanting, getting things um from one place putting them into a new space and like I said one of the biggest concerns uh, when we're talking about transplanting are usually plants that we thought would work in a place maybe the size got too large uh, or over time uh, perhaps other trees have grown and shaded these plants out and they're no longer in the bright sun and they need to be moved now I'll tell you in theory you can transplant anything, no matter its size. <laughs> you can transplant little tiny shrubs. You can transplant big, large shrubs. And you can plant uh, transplant very large trees if you have the right equipment and the right uh, mentality. Because the bigger something is, of course, the more work that it takes to move. I'll give you an example. There was a tree in Philadelphia that um, the Walt Disney World just really wanted. It was a mature tree, had been there for hundreds of years. An oak, an oak as a matter of fact. Now, the Walt Disney World when they were creating EBCOT, they, they wanted to, well, if you've ever been to EBCOT, you know, they they have along the backside this sort of series of, of different exhibits uh, from different places around the world. They've got Mexico, they've got, I don't know, Cuba, France, they've got the United States. And of course, the United States section, I believe their Hall of Presidents, the little uh, animatronic presidents <laughs> are in that exhibit. And of course, the idea was to create this Um, sort of Independence Hall feel and look. in the middle of Florida. And so they wanted this tree that was from um, Philadelphia. They named it the Liberty Tree. Now, it's huge. I mean, it's a full-grown oak that has been there for a very long time. And, of course, only Walt Disney World could do this, but they had that tree that probably weighed several thousands of pounds dug out of the ground lifted with a crane, placed on a flatbed truck and hauled from Pennsylvania to Orlando, Florida. And you can go to Walt Disney World and see this ancient tree that once well, let's back up that hundreds of years ago sprouted up as a little, you know, seedling in Philadelphia. It's still there, the Liberty Tree. So if you're ever at Walt Disney World, take a look, and it is there. It looks like it's been there for hundreds of years. But with the right timing and with the right methods, and like I said, it takes a little bit of brute force to move something that may be larger than, you know, a new plant you might buy in the nursery in a small pot. It takes a little bit of uh, passion to do it, but also just the labor. But if you get all these factors right, then you can transplant most anything from one place to another. As a matter of fact, if there's a friend of yours who is looking to get rid of some shrubs, or flowering shrubs, or trees that you just love, as long as it's manageable for you, uh, if they're just going to get rid of it, you can go collect them and bring them to your place. As a matter of fact, I'm working on that myself. You see, when I was growing, uh, living at home with my parents. Uh, Before I got married, I had planted a lot of things out there. and My parents aren't necessarily gardeners. They don't care so much. You know, they like the fact that I enjoyed it. Uh, But there's a lot of plants out there that have slowly grown, and some are quite large. I won't be able to take them all because I don't have the capacity to do it, uh, but it could be done. And there's several things that I plan to bring from from my parents' house out to our, our place where me and my wife live now. And, you know, those plants mean something to me. I hate for them to just uh, slowly die and not be cared for. Uh, so there's, you know, a, a little bit of concern as far as uh, some of those I propagated from cuttings years ago. Some of those plants I had purchased uh, maybe with my grandmother. There's a couple of Ygilia plants, which we don't talk much about Ygilia, but it's in sort of old-fashioned. It's a native plant, native to the southeast. Uh, beautiful springtime blossoms. Uh, this one in particular has... Uh, uh, faint, not pale, but faint pink blossoms with variegated foliage. it's very attractive and I remember going to uh, a nursery and my grandmother bought this plant, we brought it home, we planted it outside of her apartment there at our house. And uh, a few years later, I was practicing making cuttings and made several cuttings from this plant. I uh, gave some to my aunt, some other folks, and planted some in the ground there And even though the original plant, That me and my grandmother, my grandmother and I uh, had planted is is gone. It's slowly decayed. It was very old by the time it died. The younger plants that I made cuttings from are still there. And so, see, those plants mean something because there's a story there, a personal story, and, of course, that relationship with my grandmother. And it would be wonderful to bring them out here to our place, uh, you know, where we're living now, bring them out to the garden we're growing in, and tell the story. As my children get older, these were plants that me and my grandmother uh, planted years ago. Instead of letting them just slowly decay, bring them to your place. So there are several reasons why you may uh, want to transplant something. Either you want to save it because it means something to you, as some of these plants I'm talking about, uh, bringing out to our place, transplanting. Uh, you, you Again, it may just be in a poor site, it may, maybe it was never in the right condition, so moving it into a better condition now that we've learned how it's responding, either in the sun or shade or a wet soil or a dry soil, uh, and of course, the size of the plant. As the plant grows, sometimes, folks, we plant little baby plants near the house or near a building, and as they grow, they become sort of mon- monsters, <laughs> And as they get larger, they just don't fit the space anymore. So instead of maintaining their size, you can transplant that to a more open space where you don't have to worry so much about trimming and maintaining for height or width, uh, whatever the problem may be. And so today, I do want to, whatever your reason for transplanting plants, I, I do want to describe to you the process. The time of year that is ideal to do it, of course, is now, and we'll talk about why. And then, of course, we'll talk about the actual procedure of moving the plant and uh, what you need to do to care for afterwards. Uh, I just thought that since now is a good time to talk about transplanting, or rather a good time to do transplanting, it's a great time to talk about it. And if you're in this situation where you need to move something, then you'll have all the tips that you need uh, to get started. But before we get into those details on transplanting, I failed to mention last week, and I really wanted to let you know that today, January the 8th, from 9 to 4, which (laughs) you may miss a couple of hours here, but from 9 to 4, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, we are having a blowout plant-out sale today only. Now, what a blowout plant-out sale is we are blowing out the prices So you can plant out your landscape right now at the best time of year uh, to get plants in the ground. You know, when spring comes, we all get infected with that terrible disease called spring fever. We've been cooped up all winter and we just feel the nice change in the weather. We want to be outside, so we rush to to the nurseries. And of course, at that time of year, we'll have a lot of new plants out there. Uh, that we don't have now, but things that are remaining from this previous season, we are blowing out the prices 50% off. 50% off if you've got time to swing by Oh, Oakwood, Georgia, of course, just uh, south of the uh, booming metropolis of Gainesville, Georgia, uh, just a few minutes south of Gainesville, uh, you can get 50% off of most plants. There's a few exclusions, uh, but you can get some basic bread and butter, some gr- wonderful perennials. You know, the thing about perennials is you will be buying, in, for the most part, a pot of roots. There may not be much foliage. The foliage may be brown and crispy. They've gone dormant, but the root system is going to be growing all winter long, and so we thought that this would be a good opportunity for folks to get some plants, get stocked up at great prices, great prices, fifty percent off. Uh, but use this time wisely to allow these plants to root in and get strong and established root systems, so that when spring and summer and the heat of summer comes along. Uh, your plants won't be struggling, and you won't be watering nearly as much. So again, today at Lanier Nursery and Gardens from nine to four, uh, we'll be closing at four. Uh, it's a one-day sale, the blowout plant-out sale uh, for the new year, helping you to get some plants in the landscape at a great price, so that you can maximize their growth and their potential, and not have to worry uh, about watering. You know when we. When we go to the, uh, when we get that spring fever and we rush out in spring, uh, April, May, June, and go buy plants, it's it's a fine time to plant, but it's not the best time. It's not the best time. And so, of course, this will help us make way for more room that we can bring in uh, some new plants that are being introduced and some different varieties of this and that. Uh, Make some room for plants for the spring, uh, but also help you get some things in the landscape. We've got some great gardenias, a good variety of gardenias, still a good collection of uh, camellias. And all kinds of things. Uh, hollies, if you're looking for screening, we've got large hollies. If you're looking for evergreen round shrubs, we've got small hollies. And, of course, conifers. We carry a wide variety of conifers from the Arizona cypress, uh, cryptomerias and arborvities, all kinds of things. Of course, there's junipers, too. Uh Junipers are sort of overlooked these days. We used them so much in the 90s that people got tired of them, but I think they still have a place. So, great selection of plants and wonderful perennials. We've got our greenhouses full of perennials that we're propagating ourselves. Um, some of the specialty things will be coming out in the spring, but now's a good time to get some. Oh, there's a walking. Iris. I should mention this. There's a walking iris. It's called Japanese walking iris, and a gardener gave it to us. Gave me a little slip of it. Well, we propagated it, and it's starting to bloom now in the greenhouses. But it's a wonderful colors. It's sort of a purple, blue, and orange in the same uh, in in the same petal. Really attractive and. The name suggests that they walk. They do spread and creep, uh, but you may want to check that out. So the blowout plant out sale at Lanier Nursery Gardens is uh, this this day today till four o'clock. Hang on tight. We'll talk about transplanting when we get back.
0: Now I'm lost in the Delta.
1: The air temperatures are cool. We have plenty of moisture in the soil. Winter tends to be our wet season. You know, it's funny here in the south. In the summer when plants need water, we tend to be on the dry side. But in the winter time when plants don't need a lot of water, we tend to be on the very moist side. <laughs> so, these are just a couple of reasons. Of why now is a great time of year to transplant plants in your landscape. If you're looking to physically move a plant from one spot, maybe it's been growing there for many years, it's got an established root system, it's got a full, lush canopy full of leaves and branches, but it's just not in the right spot anymore. Or maybe, like I said on last segment, if you uh, have a friend who's going to get rid of some plants and you just love them and you'd love to have them at your place, then now is a wonderful time to move plants from one place to another place, to a new place. And the reasons are mainly because in the uh, cooler seasons, starting in fall, going through winter, plants are not actively growing. Okay, so, you know, in the wintertime, they're not producing really any more leaves, any more branches. Only a few plants are flowering, like camellias and hellebore and daphne and uh, paperbush. But regardless, now is the dormant season. So it is ideal to move a plant in the dormant season when the plant is not growing, so that, because you'll be damaging the root system, and damaging the root system is going to... reduce the plant's ability to pull in water, to pull in nutrients. As a matter of fact, when you move a plant, usually even the professionals, the professionals in the nursery business, they can't get more than 10 or 15 percent of a plant's root system. That's a very low percentage. So moving the plant over winter or fall, fall and the cool seasons, this uh, allows the plant to re-establish roots over winter so that uh, when spring and summer come and things are very hot and the plant is growing, the plant's needs are greatest, the uh, plant will be able to handle uh, the, the, the needs and the stresses because the root system has been reestablished. So think of it this way. Moving a plant in the middle of summer Whenever the plant is making new leaves, making new stems, maybe setting flower buds, it's actively growing. Removing maybe 85% of that root system is really going to put the plant under a lot of stress. But doing it now, the ground is warm, even though the air is cool. And the damaged root system will be able to start regenerating, increasing in size, so that when the stresses of summer come, it's got no problem. So this would be the ideal time uh, to transplant. Uh, like I said, starting sometime in the fall, up until maybe the end of February, early March. You know, you want to have several weeks, ideally probably six to eight weeks, before a terrible heat and drought come along, (laughs) because in six to eight weeks, uh, plants can generate uh, quite a number of new roots to help continue the plant to grow and pull in water and nutrients. So, a lot of times we only think about doing this kind of work when we're out in the landscape frequently, you know, April, May, June, July... We're out in the landscape like, man, I really wish I could move that plant. It's just in the wrong spot. It's getting too big. I don't like it where it is. And we attempt it. And a lot of times that produces failures. Produces failures. Um, So let's talk about the approach we would take to moving a plant from one place and putting it into another. In order to move the plant from its current position, (laughs) we will have to uh, dig it out. And so... The question then becomes, well, how far away from the plant do I dig? How much of a root ball do I dig out? And the best answer is acquire as much of the root system as possible. Leave as much of the root system as possible intact. Some folks, it's tempting to get real close to the stem and start chopping away at roots there. But, of course, the closer you are to the stem and digging right there at the base of the plant, the less number of roots you'll be getting. Um, for a sort of general rule, if you look at a plant's um, a th- the thickness of its main trunk, the thickness of its main trunk, if you measure that as a diameter, If you have one inch of trunk, or rather for every one inch of trunk, you would need 12 inches or one foot of root ball. So, if you've got a tree or a a small shrub that has a branch that's one inch thick, then you need at least a 12 inch root ball. But if you can get more, (laughs) that is better. So, think about large trees. You know, we talked about the tree. That was uh, brought from Pennsylvania to Walt Disney World in Orlando. That tree's diameter was probably 36 inches. You'd think that would be a ridiculous, a ridiculously large root ball. And that's why so much large machinery was needed to get it out of the ground, onto a truck, and then sent down to Florida and taken off the truck with cranes and whatnot. So uh, if you have a three-inch tree... That could be a 36-inch root ball. Now, that's going to be a big job to do. And, of course, folks in the nursery business, they have some certain machineries that can dig these root balls and extract them from the ground with little effort to the human's back <laughs> and joints. Uh, but you may just have a shovel. And so you've got to recognize the scope and scale. Now, the one way I look at it is if I have a larger plant and I do that math, and there's no way I can use a root ball, there's no way I can dig a root ball that large, then I may undercut a little bit, get it to something more manageable, and just accept the fact that if it does have enough roots, it'll live. And if it doesn't, at least we gave it a shot to live. Uh, You know, of course, um, large trees... The the weight of the tree itself can be heavy. So just be careful with what you're moving. I I hope that what you're uh, trying to move in your landscape are, you know, small to medium, large shrubs, young trees that maybe need to be repositioned, and, of course, perennials. Um, But with perennials and the shrubs, just get as much root ball from around the uh, base of the plant as possible because, again, the more roots that you can leave intact, the better chance this plant has at surviving. With that being said, if you are doing this transplanting at the ideal time of year, in the fall and winter, you might find that with most plants, they're quite resilient, especially if you're undercutting the size of the root ball because it's just too heavy or too large to move. You're doing it in the fall and winter, and the roots, when they're replanted into warm soil, They will be able to regenerate and grow and double before the heat and stress of summer. Now, there's nothing wrong with moving like perennials right as they're opening up in late winter, early spring. Maybe the entire month of April. You see, uh, perennials have smaller root systems. They're smaller plants. Uh, they are quite vigorous at the beginning of spring. And so if you have to move some small plants, tender, herbaceous, not tender, but herbaceous perennials uh, that time of year, you'll find really good response. So you don't have to be doing everything this time of year, but if you want to move particularly evergreen shrubs or evergreen trees, now would be a wonderful time to do it. And you can save the smaller plants for later. Remember, A plant that has a smaller root system, because it's smaller, a smaller plant establishes itself much quickly, or quicklier, more quickly, (laughs) more quickly than a larger plant. It's just the fact that there's less root system to have to manage, and as it grows, it will fill the space where a large plant that has a big root system will take a longer time to get established. So now that we've pulled this plant out of the ground with the most root system possible, after this quick break, we're going to talk about what we need to do to get it into its new place, and then, of course, how to care for it as it grows uh, and as time goes on. So hang on tight. More about transplanting your plants when we get back.
0: Unfolded for the world to behold.
1: well gang have you ever wanted to move an established plant in your landscape from one area to another for whatever reason maybe it got too large maybe it's not growing so well and you want to see it maximize its growth potential in a new space well today we're talking about transplanting existing plants in the garden That means we're moving the plant, digging it out of the soil, damaging its root system. We have to do that in order to get it out of the ground. We're gonna dig a new hole and put it somewhere else. But there are some guidelines you may wanna follow or some recommendations. Of course, this time of year is the best time of year for transplanting because the cool weather, uh, the moisture that's in the soil, the fact that most plants are dormant and not actively growing, they don't have high needs or requirements right now. The warm soil is going to help to uh, stimulate more root growth since you're damaging the root system and you'll find good success in transplanting over fall and winter. Now, before the break, we were talking about maximizing the size of the root ball. Try to keep as much of the root ball intact as you can because most likely when you're digging a plant Uh, from one place to another, transplanting, you're only getting about 10 to 15% of the root system, which is very small. But just like the shoots on the plant, the branches, the leaves, just like we prune those, plants can handle a root pruning. And essentially, you will be root pruning your plant when you're transplanting. It will stimulate the plant to grow more roots, and it should be just fine. But, making sure you get as much of a root ball as possible is ideal. You know, it's like giving a head start for the plant. Making sure it's got a good path to begin with. (laughs) The more roots it has, the more chances it has to uh, grow even more roots and recover from the damage. So, we didn't have enough time last segment to mention this, but what I found to be very helpful when transplanting is when we're digging the root ball, Don't push the shovel uh, perpendicular to the ground. Don't push it straight down in the ground. You want to go in at an angle, maybe a 45 degree angle around the area you're going to dig and go in towards the plant. So if you can imagine, as you're digging around the plant, severing roots, what you'll be forming is a root ball that is sort of a cone shaped, sort of like an ice cream cone (laughs) You'll be digging at an angle, maybe 45 degrees, give or take, and go around the perimeter uh, of the uh, root ball area. And by the time you've completed that circle, uh, you've sort of made this cone shape. Now, depending on the size of the root ball, you may have to do some digging underneath the root ball to sever some roots that are going down into the earth. But the majority of the roots are going to be spreading wide along the base of the plant, outwards into the soil. Uh, Not many plants have very deep, deep roots, but more mature plants can have thick, heavy roots that need to be uh, removed. Now, if a shovel can't uh, do the severing of the root, you may need to bring in a saw of some sort, um, a hand pruning saw. I actually have two hand pruning saws. I have one hand pruning saw that I use to cut branches with, and I have another hand pruning saw that I use to cut roots with. Because, of course, you'll be cutting roots in the soil, and the soil can definitely damage the blade, and I don't want to use that dirty, soiled blade to make a fresh cut on a branch. We definitely don't want to do that, because that can introduce bacteria and fungus that could damage the plant. So we do want to use a saw if we have to. You can. We've talked about a sawzall around Christmas time. I talked about a sawzall uh, or a reciprocating saw uh, that can be used uh, as a gift for Christmas. But if you've got one, you can buy pruning blades that are very large teeth, uh, and it's perfect for pruning either roots or branches. Just be sure that you have multiple blades so that you don't have the cross-contamination we talked about, Uh, but you can use power tools to damage some of these roots, and I say damage because that's what's happening. You have to damage the roots in order to get them out of the earth, but that's okay as long as the plants can recover this damage, as long as it's a clean cut and we're not just hacking away, destroying the root, making it gnarly and uh, frayed. So depending on the size of your plant, the size of the root ball you're going to take out, you've probably put a good bit of time and energy into it. You'll probably be tired. But now it's time to get those roots back in the soil as soon as possible. If you cannot get your transplanted uh, plant into its new new position soon, then you can undergo a process we call in horticulture, healing in. That's H-E-E-L-I-N-G healing, not H-E-A-L-I-N-G, healing in. And the process of healing in is a a temporary practice. It's not meant for extended periods of time. The concept is we're going to place the plant in a shallow trench that we've dug, sort of at an angle. So you'll lay the root system uh, in this trench and then allow the plant to lean over, not plant it upright like you would, but dig a shallow trench, lay your root ball in it at an angle, right? Uh, actually, lay the whole plant in that trench at an angle, and then cover cover the roots with something like mulch, uh, compost, maybe soil conditioner, something that is lightweight. Okay, that allows the plant to um, still have its roots protected from air. Because if we leave the plant exposed, the root system exposed to air for uh, even a short period of time, those roots will begin to dry out. And that will decrease the viability of your plant. It will uh, put it on a downward slope. So if you can't dig a hole to immediately transplant your plant in, you can heal in your plants for maybe up to six months. The plants will continue to grow, but the concept of using that lightweight material, not true soil, but something like uh, potting mix or soil conditioner, compost, mulch, those things will keep the plant moist, allow the roots to begin to grow. And then when you... Put the plant in its final position, you won't have to redig and re-sever those roots because it can be lifted out of that lightweight material very easily. Healing in is an old practice that's been used for centuries, I suppose, and it can be very helpful if you've got to get the plant out, but you don't have the time to put it back in the soil. Now, moving forward, once we decide, and hopefully you already know where you're going to place your transplant, but knowing the The position you want to put it in, the concept is very similar. Digging a new hole for a transplant is very similar to digging a new hole for a new plant that may be in a container from the plant nurseries. We want to make sure we have a very wide hole. Okay, we want to make sure the hole is very wide. Ideally, you would want a hole that is two to three times as wide as the root ball you're dealing with. So if you have a 12-inch root ball, that means you need to dig a hole that is uh, 24 to 36 inches wide. I know that sounds quite large for a hole, but the science uh, in horticulture today shows that if we soften the soil and dig a wide hole, that the plant will respond much better, allowing the root system to get growing and easily tap into the soil that we've softened. Now, as far as the depth of the hole goes, you don't necessarily have to dig a deep hole. As a matter of fact, a shallow hole is just fine. If you can plant the, uh, the, the root ball as high as it was, so match the soil line in the root ball to the soil line and your exist, uh, at your new place, your new hole, then that would be sufficient. But you can also dig a little shallower, and mound up soil around the root ball. It may look kind of funny for a few years, uh, you know, a plant on a shallow mound, but as the soil settles and as the plant grows and you put mulch around it, uh, in a few years you won't even see that mound. It will just pretty much uh, go away. It will just uh, kind of slowly compressed back into the soil and looked like it was always at the soil line as a matter of fact we find that planting proud we call this planting proud when we plant plants higher than the existing soil line uh, they're proud of the soil they're above the soil and we see that that generates really good results here in the south you know we have generally Uh, Clay-based soils and those soils can hold on to a lot of moisture and sometimes Plants just don't want to be down deep in the soil So planting them a little higher mounding soil around uh, the exposed portion of the root ball Allows the plants roots to grow in those top few inches and then slowly find their way uh, To the depth of the soil that they prefer I hate to see when people dig a very deep hole Because if you soften the soil below the root ball, it will settle and the plant will sink. And whenever the plant sinks, uh, water can form and uh, pool around the base of the plant. Uh, That excess water causes uh, root rot and is not a good situation, especially with a plant that has just had its roots severed. All those wounds can be very susceptible to root rot in wet soil. So, planting proud is a good idea, and it takes a little less stress off of you because you don't have to dig a very deep hole. Now, the third point, very similar to planting new plants, when you're When you're covering the root system with soil and putting soil around the uh, root ball of your transplant, be sure that the soil you put back in the hole is very soft. Now, you can achieve soft soil by chopping it up with a shovel, beating the soil with a shovel or a spade. Uh, Using a fork, a digging fork, can help bust up uh, large clods, but we don't want to uh, pile a bunch of large clay-based soil clods around the root system because large clods will generate large air gaps. And air gaps around a root system are very detrimental. Anytime there's air around the root system and water can't uh, uh, keep the roots moist, those roots will dry out that's one of the main reasons why you're probably losing a lot of your new plants and maybe transplants is that the soil you're putting back in the uh, hole around the root ball has not been softened enough Now you may be thinking well Nathan how soft is soft enough soft enough is uh, breaking the soil up into uh, particles no larger than one inch in diameter so nothing Nothing should go back in the hole that is the uh, the size of a golf ball or really a ping pong ball. That's probably slightly larger than an inch. We want to get as small uh, chunks of soil, particles of soil around those roots as possible. One of the best ways to ensure that it's soft enough is to use a tiller. As a matter of fact, you can let a tiller or some kind of uh, machine that is going to turn the soil do most of the digging. You can use the tiller to soften the soil uh, as much as possible. And then if you have to dig any deeper, just re-till that new soil and you'll pretty much not have to worry about a shovel. <laughs> you can uh, eliminate a lot of the effort and the labor that's required of you by using a tiller. Now you may not have a tiller, maybe you can borrow one from a friend, maybe you can rent one if you're going to do a lot of planting, but regardless, you can achieve this with using a shovel, you've just got to cultivate that soil, you've got to chop it up, you've got to soften it up. No clods of soil go back in the hole that are larger than an inch in diameter. All right. Now, the next little key is going to be to mulch. Once you have made sure that you have that soft soil around the root system, you can sort of tap it down. You definitely don't want to jump on the soil and compact it. You want loose, aerated soil, uh, but you can apply two inches of mulch, being sure to keep two inches of uh, Uh, away from the base of the plant so you want a nice two inch ring around the base of the plant so that you don't pile mulch up around the root stem oh sorry around the plant's trunk around the stem now those are the basics of getting the plant in the ground but what are you going to have to do for this transplant now that it's in the ground and maintaining it and keeping it healthy going forward Well, hang on through this quick break, and I'll tell you what you got to do as soon as you get that transplant back in the soil. Hang on tight. Well, gang, we just have a few more minutes on today's program, so uh, we're going to try to use uh, our time wisely, because today, if you're just joining us, we're talking about transplanting plants in the landscape. We've already talked about how fall and winter are the best time of year to do it, because the plant is not actively growing. It has very little needs as far as extra water and nutrients go. Uh, But the ground is still warm even though the air is cool and that warm soil That warm soil will help the plant to generate more roots that it can be prepared with uh, come spring and summer when the heat arrives and the dry times arrive. Uh, Because uh, doing this kind of action, transplanting a plant, damaging the root system, it is wounding the plant. So we've got to make sure we give it time to heal and also time to regenerate roots so that it can survive the impending heat and drought that summer tends to bring. So now is a great time. We've talked about how when we extract the plant, we want to uh, get as much of the root system as possible. And we've talked about the methods of digging the plant into its new uh, position, into its new home, if you will. We want to make sure we have a very wide hole. We want a fairly shallow hole, not very deep, no deeper than the root ball itself. And then lastly, any soil we put back in around the root system needs to be soft, Nothing goes around the root system that is a clod larger than one inch in diameter. Soft soil is the key because soft soil, uh, excuse me, soft soil will uh, form around the root system and will uh, help the root system from drying out. Large clods leave large air gaps, and large air gaps produce dry, dried out roots. You don't want your roots to dry out, that's for sure. Now, before we left for the break, I mentioned that this time of year, As soon as you get done planting, you can and should mulch around the plant. You can use whatever mulching you like. Whether it's leaf litter, uh, chipped up woods that you buy at the uh, box stores or your local garden center, which I would rather you shop there than the box stores. Uh, Maybe it's compost, maybe it's soil conditioner, uh, pine straw, whatever. Just be sure you have about a two inch layer of mulch around that planting hole. And be sure to keep the mulch two inches away from the base of the plant, because piling mulch around the stem of the plant uh, causes excess moisture around the stem, which can cause fungus and bacterias, uh, all kinds of rot. You don't want that to happen. Keeping a nice two-inch ring around the base of the plant uh, will help to keep airflow uh, around the stem and give it a chance to dry out after it rains. Now... The next thing you can do is you can water the plant in. Most likely, if you're doing this transplanting uh, this time of year, there's plenty of moisture in the soil, so the plant doesn't necessarily need to be watered. But watering will help to settle the soil around the root system, making sure there's good contact with the root and the soil to help keep those roots from drying out. So we can give a heavy application of water uh, one time, really just one time, and the goal is not to water the plant necessarily, but to make sure the soil settles around the root system. Now what about fertilizing? Well, this plant will need to be fertilized, but you don't necessarily have to fertilize it right now. Fertilizing this time of year is sort of a waste. Because the plants are not actively searching for nutrients. Uh, They will be searching for nutrients when things warm up. They will be needing nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium when the weather warms, spring comes, and new leaves start budding. New leaves start coming out and growing. It's that time of year that you need to start fertilizing. So I wouldn't apply any fertilizer if you're transplanting or, for that matter, planting a new plant this time of year. Just wait till about April 15th which is, well, two special dates. It is usually for our zone here in Zone 7, USDA Hardiness Zone 7. April 15th is usually the average last frost. So you're sort of safe by fertilizing on that date. Oh, the second important uh, thing about April 15th is my birthday. I guess I was just born for this job, uh, this kind of work, because my birthday is the average last frost. Well, it's also tax day, so hopefully you'll get a refund and a nice tax return and you can buy more plants with. Now, uh, the next thing would be pruning the plant. Do you really need to prune the plant? No. Uh, this time of year, we don't recommend to do really any pruning unless there's some dead branch that needs to come away. Anytime you find dead branches on a, on a plant uh, or uh, stems, they can be pruned out as soon as you find them. You never want dead material to hang around on a plant because it's just a source. It is just a source for disease and rotting. Uh, so you can prune dead away right now. But as far as shaping the plant or making it smaller, there's no reason. As a matter of fact, uh, doing pruning to the tops this time of year is can be more detrimental to a plant. The fresh cuts won't heal and water can leach into those cuts and it can um, damage uh, with winter weather. Uh, As far as that goes, bacteria can get into those fresh cuts because they won't really heal until spring comes. Now, the other concern is when you remove plants, uh, sorry, when you remove branches or leaves, stems from a transplanted plant, you are removing copious amounts Of nutrients and water you see you have just damaged the roots of this plant and you have reduced the size of its stored nutrients and since the roots have been damaged there's not as many roots to pull in more nutrients and more water but the plant is a very resourceful organism the plant will use nutrients in the leaves and the stems it will use water in the leaves and the stems and send it down these little tubes Uh, that we call a vascular system, much like the veins and arteries in our bodies, it will send nutrients from the leaves, from the stems, down these tubes into the root system to help generate more roots. But if you destroy the stems and the leaves, if you remove them, the plant cannot use the nutrients that are stored in those leaves and stems. So it is better to leave the branches alone and only do trimming once the root system has sort of become established. That may not be for another year or so. Of course, that plant may need some shaping, and that's okay. You can trim here and there in the early part of spring, but if you need to cut it back severely, I would wait at least a full year before you even think about that. Now, we talked about the watering. We don't have to do much now, but you may have to water into spring. Because remember, your plant's root system was, was destroyed to about 10 or 15 percent. And even though we've got several weeks uh, until spring where roots can regrow, it's still going to be a small root system. So keep a close eye. Keep a close eye on that root system in, when spring really kicks in. Because you may find that those leaves are turning a little yellow. You may need some water. You may need some nutrients. Um, And watering regularly for this first year may be a possibility. But don't overwater. But when you do water, make sure you monitor the soil first. You want to water this plant like it's a Baptist, not a Methodist. You want to make sure that you really drench it. Don't just sprinkle it. Okay. You want to make sure when you water, you water uh, infrequently but deeply rather than watering shallowly frequently shallow frequent water is not helpful to the plant but a deep heavy drench is very beneficial uh, infrequently all right gang i think i hope that i've given you exactly what you need to get those transplants started in your landscape if you've got a question about this or anything else check us out online at new and for new southern garden and WRWH, I'm Nathan Wilson, hoping you stay well and grow well. See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's
1: new Southern Garden Show.